So I hope everybody's doing good. Sorry about the little uh, see, you know what? We're in person and everything goes to hell. That's right. Well, that's what happens when you're not in your usual yeah. surroundings. So, so <laughs> yeah. So Chris and I, uh, Chris came up, we're filming. So we got some cool stuff that uh, we're starting to do. You guys are going to be seeing that started here pretty soon. And uh, we won't let the cat out of the bag yet, but yeah, but we can say it involves some cool new products and yeah, some and, new products and, and other stuff that we just like sharing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, some uh, some partners, some people that we really partner up with uh, in the training centers and on projects and everything else. So we got actually, we've got a lot of cool kind of new things coming out. So um, we've got another yeah. new event that we just we just got done. With it's been in my mind for months, and we finally named it. And I think we're close to setting a date for the first event. It's going to definitely start here in, in Southern California. I'm guessing that by the end, before the end of the year, we'll be up in Northern California. And then we'll take it, you know, a little bit on the road as we're at different locations. We'll try to do one wherever we go. Yep. So that's going to be a fun one. And then um, this Saturday is that if you're not watching the recorded version of this, September 3rd at uh, Solution Finish is uh, – we're having a leather repair clinic down at uh, Chris West place. And so this is a great way to support. Chris is just an absolute, um, just a pillar within the industry. Uh, he's always supporting people. He goes to SEMA, he's Switzerland. He's an example of how to handle yourself. Um, just a really good guy. So we're going down, we're going to be there uh, Saturday morning at nine o'clock in Huntington Beach. There's a flyer on our social media. Uh, also, you can go over to Solution Finish and check them out. But we're going to be there. Uh, and then we've got, I mean, so much going on. SEMA. SEMA starts, you know, it's hard to believe in just uh, it's eight weeks. Exactly two, two weeks. Yeah. Two months. Two months away. Two months eight away. weeks. So that starts on Tuesday. Uh, SEMA Wednesday is our big party. And this year, we want to take, and we're doing a fundraiser, all the proceeds from the party, 100% uh, um, from the sponsors uh, helping out with getting the party together. Uh, Diane and I, Chris, really working hard to get it together. Um, you know, it's Bob. We're on the phone with Bob Phillips the other day, and he, he shared some insight uh, on, 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 on how to make this successful. Uh, and so our, our idea is to, A, support some really good causes, but B, support causes that are important to SEMA and SEMA's got some really good ones. And the main reason why is that we really want to get, if you sign up for SEMA, you're going to notice that auto detailing is not a category. And so right. we're, we're, we're going to try to get on their, on their radar by doing something really good. And uh, by doing a fundraiser at our party. Now, last party, we had 400 and how many people? 400, 480. And, Four, we, and we were expecting maybe around 300. Yeah, so 480. Um, so there's we're, we're going to do a lot of uh, fundraising. We won't go into it now. Um, but SEMA is going to be action-packed if you can make it out. And then literally uh, two months after that is not even that. I don't think it's a full tab. About two months is Mobile Tech down in Florida. God, can you believe it? Yep. The world's gone around another time. Another time. Jeez, <laughs> it's like, God, man. And it, I swear to God, man, the aliens – you know, maybe the flat earthers are right. You know, maybe maybe this thing's flat and it's just maybe it's like a disc, like a frisbee, and it's just spinning faster and faster. It's like you know, remember? Well, you're probably too young. Tops. I was at kind of the end of tops, and then uh -huh. they came out with some new high tech tops, and you'd spin them. You know, and I don't know. Maybe maybe it's something it goes to faster it. Faster and faster. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely true what they say that 
it does go faster every year. Well, especially with kids, and especially, especially with kids. Yeah, you're. You know, you. My got... my son is starting. He's a, he's a little later than everybody this year because he's doing online school. Mm-hmm. But he starts tenth grade today. Wow! And our daughter started college yesterday. So yeah. it it it's. I don't know if it's going to slow down. I've never. I've. We've never had a kid not. I mean, it's been forever since we've had twenty. It's been like twenty five years since we haven't had a kid in K through K through twelve. And so I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know yeah. if life's going to go faster even, or if it's going to slow down a little bit just because we don't have so many you know kid events popping up, but. We'll, we'll see. Speaking speaking of old guys, Jason Bruno's on. Wow. And, uh, What's up, Jason? He he's making fun of these bald heads. All right. Uh, well, know. one's by choice, and That's the other right. one's by this is by choice over here. Yeah, and this <laughs> this is not. Um, so, but you know, Jason's funny because I'm getting. Matter of fact, I almost brought. I'm going to give my shot in front of you today. I've got. I'm going through some hormone therapy for my thyroid, and it's really working. And one of the side effects to it, though, is my hair's growing faster. I don't know if it's coming back. I won't be that bold, but. It's definitely, I'm having to shave. Uh, I shave every day anyway, but I'm having to shave. Like tonight, we're going out with some friends uh, for dinner. I'll, I'll probably have to shave my head again, you know, if I want yeah. to silky smooth. Um, oh, yeah. Michael Hill says improved aerodynamics. It is. Yeah. <laughs> lower drag. And he, you know, being a rock scientist. Honestly, it's a know. lot less maintenance. I can get out the door way earlier in the morning than uh, everybody I else could in my care. house. I would give 10000 bucks to be able to go to the barber again. <laughs> and sh- that was a big part. I like that. I like the socializing part of it. I like to go. I liked it. Yeah, I like. I, I like I going to the barber. I had cool hair, man. You know, I was on a, I was a, I was a model, hair model for a bit, and you know, <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. You know? uh, Samantha wants to know if she flies down here for that event at Chris West. If you'll pick her up, well, it depends, and here's why. <laughs> I'd love to. Early. If you're going to Orange County, yes, but you're gonna have to get here really early because we're picking up um supplies to take and then and so then supplies i think those are code for a uh, carb-free sugar-free donuts, donuts. yeah because we yeah. got really good donuts up here so we're, we're taking dozens of goodies down with us so if you go into orange county that would be the best because it's right there it's not too far and i would say you would have to arrive by about 7 a.m and then absolutely we can make it happen we can make it happen so Hey, what's essential is invisible to the eye. You want to cover who kind of said that, where we got it from? So it it popped back up recently at Air Force One. Doug Parfett said it, but who originally said it? Yeah, so it's uh, actually who originally said it is the author of the book, um, The Little Prince. But who really loves the quote is uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, it's something that uh, you guys probably remember Mr. Rogers from. A lot of them don't. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah maybe you don't. don't. You know, maybe you guys don't. are too young, but, yeah. you know, he was uh, the guy in the little sweater, had the little trolley car that came around on the train tracks, all that kind of stuff. You know, a kid's show. But he had the uh, the quote up on the wall, and, it, you know, that quote is just what Rennie said. Um, what's in, what's essential is invisible to the eye. So it's we're going to talk about it, and um, – you know, it, it, it's, I think that, you know, that gentleman, I, w- I was kind of too young. I remember him being on TV, but it was kind of a past tense. I think it was reruns, but he did ca- capture your, your attention. And I read a little bit getting ready for this event. There's rumors that he served, you know, he special forces and stuff like that. From everything I can see, he didn't serve in the military, but he did have a wonderful outlook on life. And one of the things he was, is he was a lifetime vegetarian. 
because he didn't want to eat anything that had a mom. <laughs> and so I think that tells you about, a, a you know, as I've gotten older. Um, what about anything that had a dad? You know, dads don't matter, dude. <laughs> You're about ready to find that out, especially in this age. You know, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they think they can reproduce themselves wow. without us now, you know. <laughs> so, well, we want to go down that that <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, but no, it, 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 I think it tells you something, you know, I've gotten to an age, I can totally support hunting, uh, sportsmanship. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a lifetime, um, um, gun owner basically got my, I think, I think I shot my first gun when I was five or six. Uh, I went to hunter's education safety course as soon as I could. I think I started hunting when I was probably 12 or 13 in between 10 and 13 sometime. Uh, I took Mark Mitchell's classes in school, believe it or not. Um, hmm. Got my merit badge of Boy Scouts, you know, as a rifleman. Yeah. Um, and so um, went through, became a you know reserve uh, deputy for San Bernardino County uh, in the military. I've qualified with a lot of cool weapons through the years, but I just can't hunt anymore. Now I can't hunt. I can hunt and do enjoy wild boar hunting because they're so destructive to the ranches where they're at and anywhere where they're at. We got rumors that, and I I, don't, I haven't confirmed this that they. They turned them loose right behind us and so somebody turned a pig loose and it went you know and all it takes is a pair and That's this right. thing's turn into uh you know wild well, you know, my, instantly my wife tries to scoop up the spiders in the house and throw them outside so she doesn't have to kill them i'm i'm kind of the same way so I, i've got a lot gentler you know heart as i've made always you know hunting always kind of bothered me deep down uh, i didn't really like it i did it for a very short time in my life and i ate what i hunted but uh, again nothing against them i got a brother that was an outfitter uh, I eat. If anybody's got venison, elk, or moose, uh, I love a good moose roast. Uh, send it, because man, I love it. And uh, fishing is a whole different thing. So, <laughs> so let's talk about this again. Is that I'm sure people are asking about what's essential is invisible to the eye. So what's essential to life is invisible to the eye. I'm going to share some things, and let's go back. And I know I've, I've harped on this before, and I've shared this before. Is we had a business, not not just in our detailing. We had a lot of very high end. Uh, clients some of the wealthiest in the country that are our location in we're not idaho i tell people that people that don't know the importance in sun valley idaho type in allen and company annual meeting sun valley idaho allen and company annual meeting and look back over the last three decades of who's attended maybe four uh all these decades and basically the decision makers that kind of say hey this is how the peasants are going to live this is the things we're going to do this is the things we see uh, until 08, and I remember uh, one of the companies we sold um, in 08 was still working. One of our friends was, um, and and he said that they're all scratching their heads, going, "Wow, what do we what do we do?" You know, even they were just perplexed yeah. at what the heck you know happened. But go go type that in, and you know, we had a company that we did transportation, uh, executive transportation. Uh, we had uh, this is the fancy side of it, so I'll share the fancy side of it. Is we did executive protection. Because Diane, mainly Diane's background and then my background, we did which uh, bodyguard service, and then we did a lot of executive um, transportation, which included presidential level. We were on a couple of Secret Service um, caravans. Uh, on I was twice, three times, and then the company went out probably a total of six or seven times uh, with the caravan. So it was pretty cool. Uh, we had now we didn't do protection for that candidate. They were just in town uh, and was they were a candidate for president. And so they had Secret Service protection. 
But we, um, with that, then we had the, the not so um, sexy side of, of that company is it was a co one company. It was a, a, a higher company with, with an umbrella company with different, different um, S corps and, and LLCs underneath it. But we had a airport shuttle company and then we had a uh, taxi company. We ended up starting a taxi business up there too. Five years into it, we sold it, made some some serious money off of it. Uh, actually, I think five years. So again, I'm sure you're wondering what the heck does this mean? So why did I bring up all these important people, you know, that we dealt with? Because I'm going to tell you right now is that most of them, I've got it in here. Um, the lessons I learned from these people is they've got really shallow lives. A lot of them is that listen, if you just want to make money and you want to take and just um, and just build an empire and just work and that's your whole life, hey, more power to you. But I can tell you this from not even that experience of being around them, but other experiences within search and rescue when you come across those people and they're in dire, you know, they're, 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 their money can't save them at that point. Everything changes. Everything. Yeah, because that's not what's important. No, right then and there, mm -hmm. they're realizing they can't buy their way out. And it's, uh, I mean, to tie it in, that's not what's essential. It's not essential. It's not essential. You know, if you go back in here medically, anybody that's gone through any medical training is the ABCs of life, you know, airway, breathing, circulation. And I'm going to tell you in our minds and, and, and everybody talks about being all buffed out and cute and, 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 and hard bodied and dad bod and mom bod and, you know, plastic surgery and all this. But so few people talk about your mental health and how important it is to keep that not just from a from a standpoint of keeping you happy and healthy, but keeping you profitable and keeping you innovative and keeping you, um, uh, you know, steel sharp and steel is that you've got, you know, making sure that you're you're progressing in life. Every single one. Of you, I don't care if somebody's on here right now that's listening. That's a teenager. Guess what? You're going to get old, hopefully, yep. and you're going to die. Is that morbid? No, because life's trying to kill you at every moment. You know, who was that? That that was Steve McQueen. And remember, he said before that getting old is the goal. Getting old is the goal. Now, it's shitty because shit happens. You know, yeah. you get to watch me give myself a, you know, a a, a shot later today. I'm just going to do it, you know, and see if you pass out like Diane almost did, you know. Well, I'm, curi I'm, I'm curious to see if, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I'll be pushing you around in a wheelchair. No, because this this is, you know, <laughs> this is hormone. Say so it's fixing this. I can feel like right in here is shrunk. So it feels really good. You know, it feels really good. So again, putting the, the, the important items of life first, what, what's that do for you? I can't guarantee it, but I will tell you this pretty good chance. It will assist you in the long run of being far more wealthy and far more successful, but most importantly, uh, far happier and far healthier is that, you know, again, is, is placing the most important items first. What's those most, listen, you're always gonna have to work. You know, anybody that tells you, I mean, unless you're born into money, unless you're sitting in the right seat at the right time and you just happen to, you know, make a lot. You know, we've seen those people that were like, wow, how this person can't tie their own shoes. They got to wear slip ons, but that they're a billionaire or a millionaire, most time millionaire, because they're sitting, especially back in the tech time. Remember the tech, the mm -hmm. tech bubble in that burst. But right before that burst, a lot of people just happened to take jobs at startups, Google you know, that they were the 13th person hired and they took on because they weren't paying real good. They took on stock options. And a few years later, they're multimillionaires, you know, yeah, or they, better. They, and they might, yeah, and they might not have been that great at their job, but that they took a risk and they took a chance with a new company and they weren't making what they wanted to make, but they took 
options instead, I think it's brilliant. Even if they weren't, we had one guy that had a private jet and, you know, Harley Davidson's, he had, he had Ferraris, he had all this shit. And it, it was an, it was an, I mean, I'd take the jet, but as far as millionaire status, Ferrari. no, I'd skip the Ferrari. I'd take the jet. <laughs> I'd trade the Ferrari for a helicopter. It's probably not an even trade though. Um, it's going to depend on the Ferrari. Yeah, it's going to depend on the Ferrari. But hey, I wouldn't. I'd take. I'd. I'd take the Ferrari as a down payment on the helicopter. The one I want, the helicopter I want, depending on the Ferrari. If it's like a La Ferrari, I'm. I'm set. I got. I got. I can buy the helicopter I want and have a couple years of operation cost still left over. So I'm. I'm good to go. But this individual, this is an example of, of kind of not having what's important in life, the essentials out front and and centered it within you, is that. Um, all of a sudden I started seeing that this was an 07. No, 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 excuse me. This is during the tech bubble. This is going way back. I can't remember what year that was, late 90s or something like that, early early 2000s. But and he um he was into us quite a bit of money. We were, you know, working on the jet constantly, all his toys constantly. Um, and so I remember walking in the hangar one day and they the pilot had called and said, Hey, we need to get it cleaned up. And um, while we're working on it, is we've got this. It's not like today. Um, it was a sealant, but you had to leave it on the airplane. So it was, you know, machine applied with a back black uh, finishing pad, and and you just left it on. Well, this guy walks in uh, end of the day, and uh, pretty big guy, and he's scoping out the building, and he's packing a weapon. You know, and uh, I go, uh, hey, is there something I can assist you with? And he goes, yeah. He says, uh, um, who are you? And I said, well, we're there. we're the, we're detailing the the plane. He goes. I need whatever that shit is on the airplane. I need it off right now. And I'm repoing this airplane. Hmm. And I said, uh, I got a problem with that because this guy's into his money. And we've done all the work and he goes, not my problem. I said, cool. Okay. And I said, well, this stuff's on there. And I said, you know, it's, this is, this is before coatings were co really, really happening. So I said, you know, this is a uh, super secret sauce coating that if you fly it right now and this shit, you know, gets cold, it's taking the plane down. It's basically like a sheet of ice. And he's like, well, get it off there. I said, no, I need to get paid. And and he says, you, um, he says, you know what? I don't give a shit about your payment. Get it off there. And I said, I don't give a shit about your payment. You're repealing this thing. We got a problem. <laughs> Somebody's paying me. And so he he paid the bill for what this guy owed on all the aircraft. I kept it above. You know, I just showed him the aircraft. We took it off and his company paid me and 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 they're on their way. And then I went there back and I repoed one of the uh the harleys that that i put a, a lean on it and got one of the harleys to pass the rest well they had they had a they had a repo show right on tv the guy that would go around grabbing airplanes airplanes stuff. yeah yeah you know i think i remember long hair something i don't know yeah this, but uh this guy was a big dude and you know he, he ended up being okay i understand why he was in a hurry because he didn't want to get into a problem but i even threatened i pretended i was calling the guy you know the owner of the jet to tell him he's like i wish you wouldn't do that I said, well then pay me you know so i went after my money but <laughs> that that individual ended up he was on his third third marriage um he had made a bunch of money he was losing a bunch of money and he and he lost his life and i later found out i was told i don't know this fact that he took his own life because hmm. things got so bad the same thing with one of the um one of the people that was one of the survivors of the titanic uh one of the very wealthy uh, ended up escaping the ship uh was a, a financier on wall street and later in life when uh black friday hit uh jumped from a window so here he had survived the titanic yep. 
and then jump from a window. And so do you think he had what, the essential things in the front of his life? The answer is no. So, you know, I want to I want to lay this out to you. And this is truthful of everything I've seen, even in a small in a small sense, guys, is with service businesses, is that when you take and put what's important, your family, your your physical and mental health, your hobbies, your happiness, your smiles, your family, uh, your spouse, your kids, your friends, uh, your extended family, your mom, your dad into the forefront is what's going to happen is you're going to take an actually maybe you won't be going as quickly as some of your friends. Listen, I, I fell into that trap for years. Um, I felt that I at one point when I was probably about 28 years old, I go, gosh, dang it. You know, um, I've, I've done well, but I could be doing better. What I didn't what I didn't know, we didn't have any um, social media back then. What I didn't know is that most of my friends, it was all a facade. Everything they had at that young age was taken out and connected to debt. Yep. And so I didn't have any debt. And so, um, you know, divorce is expensive. Bad health, mental or physical health is expensive. Um, the mental challenges when you, uh, a good friend of ours, Angela up in Washington, or she might be back in. No, she's in Washington. She's still so. there now because yep. she's moving. Yeah, but she hasn't moved she yet. She hasn't moved yet. She said something really cool, and that was, you know, a lot of people when they're going through burnout, are they going through burnout, or is it really that they're just they built a business that's gotten just big enough to where they don't know how to operate it, and they're just on overload? And that's a great point. I had to come to the mafia. This is no secret. Uh, we had a hundred and something members at one point, and I didn't know how to run an organization. We had people in the mafia that did, and so I re relinquished control over and leadership over to them because i just and I, I and i openly admitted it i'm in yeah. over my head uh and it takes a lot to run that so i think a lot of people will get in over your head so what's essential there is to find the right help finding the right management turning over power sometimes um and letting people that really know why do you think there's there's chairman of the boards but they're ceos you know is is steve jobs you know before he died he was brilliant even being sick he didn't run a lot of the day-to-day -day operations, but what he did do is he was still the chief thinking officer. You know, there's a lot of people that do that in big businesses that they actually take, they'll step down from the day-to-day -day operations, but it doesn't mean they've stepped down from the company. They're just letting somebody that knows how to run that operation run it and they're doing what they do better. And so that makes total sense. Um, Getting, what, it, getting out of their own way. Absolutely. And so what this means to you personally and as an entrepreneur is over my career working with all these people, the people that had, I'll tell you, and I, I, and I could name some of them, some of the happiest people I know and in, 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 uh, that, that are household or were, sometimes not anymore. It's been hard to believe it's been 20-something years since we started that company. We're dealing with these people. But back then, these people, the happiest of them all, they had outside interest is that they didn't, they weren't just, they weren't into, okay, Bruce Willis, let's say, say for, for example, Bruce was a really happy dude. When you're around Bruce, you know, the tough guy figure, he definitely played that off. He, his youth and coming up and everything else, the way he did is that he was kind of a tough guy, but he was really cool to be around. He had a lot of other interests. For instance, he, he owned his own bar, the mint in Haley, Idaho, and he had his own band. And he would play his own gigs and he'd play <laughs> his own harmonica with his own band. 
And then his buddy that owned Krispy Kreme at the time that I think it just sold either a huge portion of it or sold out. He played harmonica too. Well, they used that venue because they really wanted to be rock stars when they were younger. And so he was really into music and it was really cool to see him play. And he played venues all over the place uh, for a long time, but he played at his own venue and some locals would kind of give him a hard time. And I was like, Hey man, I mean, if you go see him, he's actually, he has fun on stage. Yeah. He's not the best harmonica player in the world, but he's not bad. And his energy, the way that he was, that he was, he presented, you could tell he was having fun. And even though it was in the entertainment field, it wasn't his specialty, so to say. Uh, right. And then he was really into his daughters. Is that he? You know, we saw my oldest daughter Ryan and I saw him at daughter uh, daughter dad dances. You know, and uh, he would just he'd be at the Kool Aid the Kool Aid Bowl scooping some Kool Aid out, talking to the dads. You know, just normal as could be. But you could see him that he had other interests and he took it on. Like he got into really into classic cars. Um, then he was he talked about getting into um, outdoors. Schwarzenegger uh, skis was a skiing fool, very good skier, believe it or not. Uh, the same with Clint Eastwood, uh, skier in his 90s, still skiing, uh, which is very promising to me. That says I've still got 30 plus years, you know, of slipping on the boots. Um, hopefully, right? That's it. Hopefully, God willing, you know, God willing. And so, you know, these lessons, what I've learned, and, and I've learned the opposite too is that we uh we have one client that's a, a billionaire self-made billionaire and he's really opened up kind of like i am now is that i went down and i always say it took it took my 40s to fix my 30s my 20s i had it made man and then i just got goofy and screwed it up and my my good friend that that basically invented a household product uh and became a billionaire off of it he's he's opened up to me and said you know he was able to share say save his marriage uh, but he had to basically, you know, rebuild everything with his kids is that while he was building an empire, unfortunately, a lot of us is we are moms or dads to kids while we're building. And a lot of us go about it the wrong way. Now, I think this generation right now is going out at it a lot better. I think that they're spending valuable time with their kids. They're going on trips. They're seeing things. My own kids shared with me that I said, you know, we go back. One of the things I'm sure there's a lot of things that would change. Right. But one of the things that my daughter mentioned was, you know, we just wish we would have done simple camping. Just gone camping. Now, in my thought, in my mind, why I didn't at that time is that I was heavily involved in search and rescue. And a couple times a month, guess what I did? I mean, not just in trainings, but I'd be called out in the middle of the night and I'm out not necessarily camping. But right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm either on a rescue overnight or I'm sleeping, you know, catching some sleep uh, in the middle of nowhere. You know, um, so many airlift operations in Idaho because the backcountry and everything else. So my selfish mind said, hey, man, I it's not something I really want to do in my free time. I want to do something else. And and really what I should have done is looked at it unselfishly. And again, what's 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 essential to not just me, but to them. They saw me going out. They wanted to see what the draw was. And so, um, ironically, I think really three out of the four are pretty outdoorsy. One's very outdoorsy. And so with that is that you've got to take and listen, just like in, on the middle, on the, on, when we roll up and any medic, anybody that's been an EMT, or if you're you know, above that, an EMT or above, you'll learn ABCs, you know, uh, the ABCs of life, airway, breathing, circulation. And so when we come up to somebody, uh, we want to make sure those three important pillars are happening because if not, there is no life. 
Well, guess what? It's the same exact thing in life and business is that you've got to figure out. And I'm going to tell you right now, we got a fractured family. I come from a fractured family. You know, it's Diane comes from a fractured family. I think everybody's got somewhat of a fractured family. Absolutely. To some degree. There, there's a cool song I sent to my dad. I met my dad for the very, very first time. I was probably, I was in my early 20s, but we only we only hung out one, once or twice. I really consider when I was 27, I met him for the first time. And, and uh, when I was, let's see, do the math. When I was 22, I sent him, Mike and the Mechanics did a song called In the Living Years. And if you're having problems with family, whether it's you're a child having a problem with a parent or you're a, a parent having problems with a child, go listen and read the lyrics to that song. Hmm. If you've got parents alive or, or you've got kids alive and things are kind of messed up, or even a family member or a loved one, um, go listen to that song. But more importantly, just read the lyrics because I'll tell you, it's from what I understand, it's a true story uh, written about facts and the song. And um, it will, it's a wake-up call. I just I sent it to my dad. I wrote out all the lyrics. He still has the piece of paper. Back then, we didn't have you know email or anything. I remember I bought him the CD, told him to listen to the song. Uh, and then um, when we did get email in 97, um, I sent him a video of it. I found a video online. Back then, there was like 12 things online. That was like the 13th thing. And, and, and I sent that to him. And ironically, it just popped up on my favorites. And I listened to it for the first time in years. And I, I had our youngest daughter, Darren, read the lyrics and then listen to the song. And she was like, it touched her. She could see where, it, where things could get awry. So now you've got some input on this. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I was thinking about it and uh, the, you know, what what is essential is invisible to the eye i kind of look at it in terms of what's essential when it comes to the people around me i think mm -hmm. or when i'm choosing what kind of people should be around me yep you know um you know and, and it's uh things like you know and it's definitely much easier said than done sometimes right you know like outward appearance their lifestyle the mistakes they've made you know those really aren't the important factors when, you know, determining who to put around you, it's, it's more, you know, their character now, you know, what's, uh, you know, what, you know, what they're all about, I guess their, their essence. Right. Right. So, you know, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's done things they're not proud of. Um, but moving on from that, learning from them and helping those things, you know, ha or having those things, shape who you've become is important absolutely and kind of essential and so looking at looking at people in that regard i think is, is is very important um you know the wealth the fame the power all that kind of stuff you know obviously isn't essential it's just you know people's character um you know their happiness and everybody struggles to find happiness you know none of us are are immune to that you know we all we all have our ups and downs. Oh, absolutely! Life's but, life's all about the chapters, right? And there's going to be there's good chapters in, in a book, and there's not good chapters in a book. We yep. just went through. Woo. Yep. Whew. You know, our that chapter yep. the last forty five days. Mm -mm. There's not too many chapters I don't want to go back and revisit. That one's one of them. That that was you know we had two sick 
uh, family members. Uh, my brother went in for surgery. Our daughter ended up having a bad reaction to a medication. And then our dog, you know, our 14-year-old dog got sick. All of them are stable right now, even the 14-year-old dog. But I'll tell you, having all of that happen and compound it, but here's a lesson I'll get into later, is comparing that struggle to a, not that that one wasn't significant, but there's another one I'll share in a bit. Yeah. But, you know, so the so the things that are essential are harder to see, right? They're the they're the things that you really can't see, but you can get a feel for them by listening, interacting with people, uh, befriending people, you know, and giving people a chance. Well, and I think part of that too is when and knowing you just got to both call it that there's just the relationships not going anywhere, uh, and it's become um, tainted. And and once a relationship is just causing both anguish, and you've tried every which way. There's times that in my life I found out that people just probably shouldn't be involved with one another. You know, doesn't mean, you know, person A is bad or person B is bad. It just means the chemistry between person A and person B is bad, you know. And sometimes I, I think that it's everything's fixable. But both parties have got, you know, you can't come to the 50 yard line. You got to go to the other person's end zone. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so. You know, I've learned life is precious and time is really limited. Um, we think life is long, but a long life is short. Uh, my mom's a perfect example of this. I've got other, I've got the, the same mentor I was just talking about earlier that that really, really is, is very, very, I mean, un, ungodly wealthy. Um, my mom, she had a challenging life. She wasn't ready to go yet. I mean, she was at the very, very end. You know, she says, okay, I'm at peace with this. But that wasn't until days before she died. She still wanted and was chasing life. And that was so magical to watch. We honestly didn't think we'd have my mom past 60. And she died over 80. You know, we got 20-something years with her. Um, the same with my one of my mentors is that he is vibrant. This guy's, you know, guy up, up in age. And he is vibrant. He chases life harder than most 20-year-olds. And it's not that he's, he's he tells me, I, I know my, I, my faith carries me a long ways. I'm just not quite ready to meet my maker. I've still got things I want to do. And how exciting is that? Um, you know, I've gone after people on the mountain and search and rescue. And, and um, we all share a story that goes right into this. But um, you know, we went after a father and son team. I think I was telling you this. Was I telling you this story? I think I was telling somebody up in, you might have been in Monterey, but, you know, we went after a father and son team that just made bad decisions, went up on Thanksgiving Day for a hike. Weather came in, and uh, long story short, it iced over. We couldn't get to them, could not get to them from the ground, and we couldn't get the helicopter situation was weird. Well, I was I was at a SAR event just years before that and i met this guy that is ironically his name's rennie his first name rennie, i think it was smith was his last name um but he's a search and rescue guy out of teton valley and the guy was pretty impressive he lectured and taught and then i went up and had a conversation with him and tetons if you if you know anything about them, really rugged a lot of tourism and a lot of people get in serious situations so i i mentioned to the sheriff of blaine county i'm in idaho i said you know there's a guy over there hey you know maybe with your clout you can get them so they got them on the phone it turns out they're airborne they're on the idaho side of wyoming and they said yeah we're in route so literally 20 minutes later we were ready we we basically 
had to make the decision that we're going to have to come get their bodies in spring. We couldn't get to them. Yeah. And they weren't going to survive another night. Um, the faith that those two had, how they lived on that mountainside through those conditions with hardly any clothing on was that the father and the son both kept building each other up is they lived in, in the rescue team from Teton Valley was able to literally pendulum a long line in off the helicopter. Uh, cause they're just used to doing that kind of thing, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty comfortable in a helicopter. I would have shit my pants. I mean, I, I would have lost my, my cookies right then and there. Um, and 20 minutes after they got on scene, they had both of them down at our camp at our base camp at a rescue camp and, uh, saved their lives. But talking to them, that was only part of the, the situation. The father and son continuing to, to, to encourage each other is it was life changing for us because here we had given up kind of on them. They hadn't given up on each other and they weren't ready to die. Yeah. And so, you know, their mental outlook really helped them. Now, recently we've got friends here and I'm not going to mention any names. This is pretty tragic is that um, we had a young man, uh, 30 years old, just celebrated his birthday. And, um, it turns out he was up in the same, he moved to the same town we lived in in Idaho and just a beautiful place, Haley, Idaho. And he was recently, uh, this last, uh, we go yesterday, uh, it was his birthday the day before and he went up for a hike with his dog. And unfortunately he stumbled, took a fall. Uh, his dog, um, was critically injured going down to him. And from what I understand, um, the dog made enough noise where some outdoorsmen heard it and came to his rescue. But unfortunately, uh, he died and here's and the reason why i share this is that there's a lot of young people that think they're you know they're going to last forever they're superman they're steel they're they're you know that life goes on can't count on that is that you got to live for each day and so many people don't live in the moment it's they reach a goal and tomorrow 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 it's what's going to come next and yet you're not even you're not even enjoying the gifts that you've got in your life today presently you just keep looking at tomorrow. And I've just gotten to the point where talking yesterday about, you know, drama and different people. I've gotten to the point in my life now, the second that opens up, I don't have the mental capacity. I've got it. And naturally, I'm human. I take it in, but I instantly exit it out. I just don't have room. It's a year from now, six months from now, probably three months from now. I'm not even going to remember that event. So why clog it up in, in, in my mind? Why not put good things into my mind and just realize hey these people are gonna have to solve this kind of on their own and if 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 i lose the contact because of that so be it i can't clog my life up with that kind of nonsense i've got to keep what's essential on my mind here's why if i keep the important things my family my wife my faith my goals my integrity my friendships my business relationships at the core i'm going to take an excel and i'm going to keep moving if i let that that stinking thinking into my mind that other people bring their drama into it, it's going to clog up those other things. I can't afford to do that. And it's really hard to do. Uh, really, neither one of us are very good at that, but I'm practicing it very hard. You know, it reminds me a little bit too. I mean, you talk about the things in your mind, you know, but one of the things that, that I always think about is your dreams, right? And you, you know, so your goals, your aspirations, those kind of dreams, uh, the Rolling Stones have a line in Ruby Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, I, my first ever iPod used to be able to get those engraved. I mean, how long ago was this? But I had I had it put on there. It was uh, lose your dreams and you'll lose your mind. 
and wow. uh it's true you know it's uh it's one of the things you got to hang on to it and that's part of why like you know i've had a goal the last couple of years to move in idaho it hasn't happened yet and it seems like a dream that's slipping away so it you know it affects you mentally oh yeah and then you realize sometimes <laughs> i've gone out i'm a good one uh, and I, I i buy you know it's and, and you're you're i think you're like like this too i i see cars like I've got a car right now that, man, I really wanted that car. And then I had it for like six months. I was like, did do it for me. You know, it did, did very little. So now I dropped, what I do is like, I was sharing a goal with you right now. I, I have my eye on a car, but I have my eye on some investments. And what I tell you yesterday, hey, once I get that investment paid for, then the car comes after. Then the car comes after that. And, and that's the, that's the, that's the, the, the rational thinking versus God, look at that. I, it's shiny, you know? Yep and and uh you just don't need it is that um listen i had a, another good mentor of mine a customer actually and i've told this story before is that when i met him god man he just he, he lived literally next door to ronald reagan he had a ranch next door to ronald reagan i mean it, their properties were touching at some point. i think they're a long ways away because it was big properties but you know the guy had done pretty well right and he just kept on telling me i'd ask him because he owned gas stations and i was involved in another business uh, I'd sold a couple of business, went into to a big corporation and, and met this gentleman and we became friends. And he was, I went to his, Diane was with me. We'd just, we'd just been together maybe a year. We went to his, I believe it was his 80th birthday party. And I still didn't know what he had done to make his money. Cause he had all of these properties. He had that property. He had these gas stations. I think it was a show oil. If I, if I recall, right. It never tell me anything else is that I pushed ice cream for a living. It's all he kept saying. <laughs> he pushed ice cream. You've heard the story. And it turns out when he got off the, the ship after World War II, you know, he's a GI. He hadn't had ice cream. He hadn't had an ice cream bar forever. So he went and found an ice cream shop. And then he had an idea. Well, hey, man, all these GIs getting off. They got a little bit of coinage in their pocket, right? Uh, and none of us have had ice cream. So he brokered a deal out with the ice cream shop. He went and he got a, a freezer, you know, or a, a, an ice chest, and all you can imagine. This is 1945, 1946, somewhere right in there. He did, gets a, a three a, a three wheel uh, bike. Uh, he takes and, and rigs up the the ice chest to the bike, and he paints it, and then he 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 puts a, a ice cream across the front of it. He goes back, he gets ice cream, rides to the docks, and all these thousands, tens of thousands of of GIs coming off the docks. You know, one ice cream. Well, he sells out within minutes. He's got it right all the way back, goes back. Well, the next day he decides to build another unit and he gives a business opportunity to one of the GIs. And he's basically the inventor of modern day ice cream trucks in Southern California. As he grew into that, then he built ice cream trucks. He bought the ice cream factory and he just kept on. And then he bought real estate and he invested. So here's a GI that came off the boat with probably maybe 20 bucks, maybe back in the day. And he built an empire out of it. But one, one opportunity turns into another. He did. He, but, you know, he said, he goes, you know, it's easy to look at me now at 80 and say, wow, I want that. But that took 30, 40 years of really hard work. And again, I like that saying is that, you know, the reason why some are un sitting in shade is because a long time ago, somebody planted a tree. So think about that, 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 that right there alone. So if you only want money, go for it. But. It wasn't for me. It isn't for me. I want I want nice things. There's no reason to be broke. I always say I've been 
I've been broke and have cried on the seat of a bicycle, and I've been broke and cried in the seat of a Porsche. It's a lot better crying inside of a Porsche than it is on the seat of a bicycle. I'll tell you that right now. But I've had to break the habit of, and it was really hard because of the way I grew up, of relating my happiness to my credit score and my bank account. Is that you have to look at your true happiness. And, yeah. it, and it's really hard for a lot of people to do that. And what's, what's essential? What's essential? Now, what's essential? We are in, most of us, I don't care what in business you're in, you're in a hospitality business is that you walk into, there's not too many Amazon. They're even in the hospitality business. And I always tell this, the smallest, we sit at this table right here, and we've got a guy that's just starting out. He's mobile. He's got, you know, he's starting his company with, with 1500 bucks. And and I said, do you know how you can kick Amazon's ass? And he's like, no. And I'm like, with culture. They cannot take and get the culture. They've got so many there's there's so many people deep that they can't control their hospitality so i've shared this story before is that you can train someone to have good hospitality and to say welcome to our detailing company welcome to our our, our service center welcome to our hotel you can train that you can have them watch videos you can read books on it you can go on youtube and do this but let me tell you as i think some people are born with a heart of hospitality of giving and I think people through experiences in life become uh, a person filled with hospitality. I don't think you have to be born with it. I think you can develop it, but it's gotta be a deep need. And the thing that I've realized is that when you really believe in what you're doing and you love what you're doing and you see value in what you're doing and you feel honest and good about what you're doing, that, 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 that heart of hospitality will grow bigger and bigger and bigger and your success will grow with it. Well, it's like pe people who people who enjoy or, you know, have that that heart of service too, right? They yeah. like providing service for people whether they're getting paid for it or not. You don't have to get paid for it, you know. Mm. One of the one of the greatest things that you can do is go out, provide service for somebody in need, you know, completely on a voluntary basis and uh, you know, that will you know, not only change their life, but it'll change your life too. It'll make you feel better. Absolutely. And, and having that, having that in you, that that desire to want to do that, that ability to do it, um, will translate into your professional life as well, yeah. and, and your your ability to provide good hospitality and good service for your customers. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny because now I watch I watch people since I had a discussion at a hotel a couple months back with the hotel manager, and he he talked about the heart of hospitality, and I was it's. It was really, and he's a young guy. I mean, he was a really, for being a, a, a manager of a hotel at that level, um, this isn't a, you know, a Hilt Garden Inn. This is a nice hotel here in Southern California. And I'm going to guess he was maybe in his mid-30s. Pretty dang young to have that that much responsibility. And I'll tell you, he was wise behind his ears, but beyond his years. Here's what was amazing is he wasn't sitting in an office. So I've got to guess that the hospitality, those that didn't have a natural heart for hospitality, they he was on that floor with them. And I watched him with his staff and and he was giving he'd go up and touch, you know, say, hey, you know, good job. He was encouraging, but he's also giving to the newer people. Hey, you know, when you bring when you come up with this, this is one thing I'd suggest. He was also watching the uniforms. And this was pretty cool because one of the gals that was with server, 
she was going 300 miles an hour and she'd spilled something and he goes hey you know hey becky i don't know if you realize it but you, you've got something on there. why don't you go change your jacket out and so when i was talking to him that day i said hey i noticed that you had them change their uniforms out and he goes yeah either, each person's got three uniforms for each shift we want them spotless and i was like god man i mean just think about that yeah. i mean that's such a great trait and i mean i i won't call this this is not a five-star hotel it's nice but they sure treated it like it and more importantly you felt like you were at a five-star hotel because of the treatment that they gave you i never ran into anybody looking at their cell phone there never saw a cell phone out and i was never not greeted the electricians greeted you everybody greeted you and so i think what's that tell you about the culture and the fact that the big boss was among his people i learned that lesson air force one we had suggestions that i worked with people up in monterey i did exactly that and i'll tell you it was life-changing i don't know how life-changing it was for our team members but it was life-changing for me but we had a good service to dinner last night that stood out oh yeah above, above and beyond what you're at least what you're used to getting these days right yeah <laughs> we went to dinner and and the guy that normally waits on us he wasn't waiting on us, but how many times did he come by and check on yeah, us? Yeah. You know, and that, you know, I sucked down iced tea like mad. And man, those glasses never went to, I mean, it got to about three quarters down one time and you could see his face. Yeah. He was embarrassed. I mean, it was really cool. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, I really think that those with a, a mind and a name of hospitality have a huge advantage. Uh, I grew up, um, I grew up loving hearts and souls is that that was really implanted in, in my life from my mom and grandma. Um, and we didn't have monetary status. We didn't have monetary uh, security, but we did have love security. Does that make sense? I mean, we did. That's pretty much the only thing was we had is, I think that's why I'm so close to my brother, is thick or thin, we, had, we didn't have a lot. Randy and I were, we had our mom and grandma, and there's a thread to hold on to at times. And so I think that... Um, We've always held on to each other because that started before I could even recognize it, you know, and and I think that's why I'm so dedicated to him is that he's always been dedicated to me. Um, you know, for a while is I was cash only. I, I couldn't get past, you know, I grew up with a grandma that came through the through the Great Depression and it, you had stuff stuffed in the, you know, in the mattress, so to say. Um, and I had to take in and learn some new ways of thinking. Um, I didn't live really in my, my life. There's been a couple times I would say I lived fancier, not fancy, but fancier than probably I should have most of the time, 80, 90% of my life I've lived within or below my means, uh, still do to this day. Um, others didn't live around me truthfully. And so I had friends of mine that did really well. And I, I think I did pretty well at a young age, but they did except, I mean, it, it was, I'll be honest, I was very envious and envious. Envy is a nasty thing. It's a nasty thing. And I look at him and go, God, here I am working my butt off. Look what they got. But what I quickly found out was that it was a facade. What was behind that was nothing but debt and unhappiness. And, and really, um, most of those people really went downhill and had some rough times. A lot of them jumped back up. But a lot of the people that I watched, either people I grew up with or I came up with through um, different, you know, our industry or in different industries I was involved in, is that we saw that it just was all fake. Um, so what, what you don't see 
that you should be aiming at. This is an important list, and we're going to wrap it up here, is a satisfied mind. And what that means is that is I've gotten entrapped at a couple times in my life to where I was looking over the horizon. Okay, I've got all this shit behind me that I've gone through. Uh, looking at that mirror, looking at that mirror. And then I forecast way out there. Well, I wasn't living right here. And had I been living right here, there's more enjoyment I could have got out of life. But there's also a lot of opportunity that I looked over that I just didn't see because I wasn't, I wasn't keeping my eye on the road. Now, I love looking at the horizon, but I really concentrate right now. And anybody that knows me, I've said this before. I started out today. sun was coming up with Boomer, my dog, out for a walk. I don't take my phone with me. Yeah. Because that's my time and his time, and we just we just we just gel. Uh, enjoy the chapter you're living right now, the current chapter. Not not you can look at and plan on tomorrow. You can take a sneak peek at it. You know, I like looking. At, if the book's good, I'll go. Oh man, I wonder what ten is. What's ch chapter ten all about? And I'll take a peek at it. Um, don't compare yourself or your situation to others, because a yours is unique. B you don't know what's behind the curtain. You know, that's right. you, you just don't know. Um, sleep. This is an important one is so many people say oh i'm just going to grind let me tell you our bodies and even the military in recent times is is realized this is that proper sleep uh is essential i don't i don't you're not superhuman there are people that do require less but not many and mo even those people have to take and at some point during the week is they've got to get that seven to eight hours nine hours some people require nine i'm perfect at eight i used to think six nope and now that I've pushed myself to try to sleep eight hours a day, if when, when I sleep eight hours, I feel really good. I used to be four to six, and I feel like shit. It's probably like why I look like shit. Um, is uh, always take and have anonymous ideas of, of learning new things. I didn't know how to put this. Take and learn new things. Learn new hobbies. Um, I love... Chris and I were geeking out yesterday as we both do the same thing. We have flight tracker uh, apps on our phones and we love watching. And he was saying, Hey, scan down to Baja, California. And there's these fighter jets that go down there. And yep. so all last night I'm going down and seeing along the coast of Mexico, I'm going to, I'm going all over the world. I said, okay, let's go to some hot spots." And there's parts of the world there are no planes flying. You know, you right. see, there's nothing across. <laughs> there's nothing over Ukraine. Right no. Now. Yeah. There, so you look at that and it's like, you know, okay, there's, there's, there's nothing there for a reason, you know, it's the Badlands, yeah. um, you know, so, so little things like that and, and finding out, like we found yesterday, we were sitting there and, and we're done working. We're waiting for some, some video to upload. And we found two gliders going over down towards uh, Mount San Jacinto. And it was like, that's kind of cool. I've never seen a glider up like that, you know? So just little things of interest, just take, take it away from, from, you, you from know, normal. Real, real quick. Um, the desire to learn new things can benefit you way more than just, you know, the fact that you learn something new, you know, it helps develop self-reliance. If you're willing to, you know, dive in, figure something out on your own, learn it and conquer it and achieve it, you are going to become self-reliant. You're not going to be that guy that's like, Hey, I need you to do this for me because I don't know how to do it. You know? Um, and that's one of the things that I've always enjoyed about myself is I dive in and it's like, I don't know how to do that. I bet you I can figure it out. Absolutely. You know, and uh, so I think that's a good thing for people to do, you know, and I hate, I don't like being a burden to people. You know, I'd rather be a resource for people. I like that. So, 
Well, you know, that's a great segue is that, you know, a year ago, I've shared this many times, my horse rip. I haven't ridden a horse. I have not, and I was never good. I was always scared to death. I mean, I loved horses, but when I was on one, you know, I was always a little nervous. It didn't have an accelerator. didn't have a brake. It had a mind of its own. It had all these <laughs> things going on that I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't yeah. deal with, right? So a year ago, here I jump into this, you know, mounted thing. And um, the other day, I was on Sunday, I went out by myself, and there's a part of our, our ranch where they took in a uh, some a long time ago they buried a horse and um, a lot of the horses are spooked of that area uh, they, they called they call it the haunted corner and and rip my horse is one of them he is he does not like that so I decided to saddle him up and I rode him not walked him I rode him over that corner so we go to a trot we get over there and we get close and he's trotting and all of a sudden rip decides no exit stage right well he went to bolt and instantly he didn't even did do you know last time he pulled a 180 it was and this one he pulled not quite he pulled about 70 degrees and i got i got him back going so i let him kind of escape out of there you know patted him let him know i loved him i was there for him turn him right back around we went to that corner and we sat there for a second and he was so spooked that he looked at he looked back at me and and, and and he and he just turned around and it was like okay if i can't see the corner it's not there you know and so i just let him but that sounds so simple but to have that big of an animal and me not do that by rip and i both faced our fear together at that corner and then he wanted no more part of it he was out of there at that point you know he said hey i, I met it but that's the kind of thing is learning to care for this horse in his feet and learning you know what you have to do and how to do it and he's big and powerful and can kick you and you know when he's in a bad mood he nips you and how to feed him and giving him oats and nutrition and yeah it's you see a chiropractor yesterday i didn't even know boom okay this my dog's seen a cardiologist and my horse sees a chiropractor i haven't been to a chiropractor in six months yeah but i'll be damned if my horse doesn't get to go see the chiropractor you know so go figure that you know, one isn't out isn't it interesting that you you ride this giant animal this horse it's got a mind of its own yeah and you you, you try and control it and now look full circle everybody's jumping in teslas that can self-drive oh yeah, have a mind oh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i never thought of it that way yeah screw that i don't want to sell i like driving i don't want to yeah. sell I don't even like it that there's not that many manuals out there anymore. I drive, I have two manuals and I love it, you know, and Darren's learning to drive a manual right now. So let's go, let's go through the long, the, uh, the closing of this long-term success versus instant riches. What does this have to do with what's essential? Enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride. You're going to get there. If you're young, I wish I could go back to my, my thirties and, and tell my, actually, I wish my 20 something year old, we would have talked to my 30 something year old right at the beginning and, and got that 30 something thinking like my 20 something, the 20 year old me had my, had the right idea. I was, I've worked hard, but I played hard. The 30 year old through 40 just worked his, his fingers to the bone. You know, that's all he did. Well, you know, when I, when I was a kid or a, a, a young, young adult, it's like you look ahead and you go, okay, when I'm like my parents age or mid forties, like I am now, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to achieve these things? How am I going to, you know, I'm going to meet somebody. I'm going to start a family, have a house, all these things. And it, you can't just sit back and wait for it to happen. Cause it's not going to work like that. You do need to work on it, but they do happen with time. Yeah, right. They do. That's, and that's a great point is that I look back to where, when I wanted some, some comfort, not really, really growing up with minimal, you know, um, 
availability of comfort is that I had love and I knew what love was. I definitely wanted love in my life. Um, but I wanted comfort. And if I could have just realized it will come, you know, I, I've got, I'm a hardworking person. What do I have to risk? I'm doing this. I love what I do. I believe in what I'm doing. The numbers are working out. I didn't sell myself on something bad. Yeah, I got to have a side gig. I have a little, I mean, I was embarrassed about that for a while. You know, I have to have a side, a side, you know, job to make my business work. Well, you know, who's giving me pressure on that? People that never freaking owned a business before. I mean, that's the only people I got shit from was the people that didn't know what the hell they're talking. They were getting a weekly check from somebody. Yep. All they had to do is get on that hamster wheel and run like a little hamster and ding. They, the bell ring, you go over to a little hamster, you know, water and suck down hamster water and ding. They get back on the conveyor belt and, you know, run their little hamster legs off. I didn't want that. You know, I didn't want a hamster, you know, I didn't, man. I just didn't. That's how I felt. I always, I'd come home and I'd say, God, man, I just feel like a hamster. And, you know, I still, you're still always going to be in debt to your business. And speaking of debt, is I really only a one time in my life that I really go into debt and it was miserable. You know, it was miserable. As I've always kept, there is proper debt. There's times where you want to carry a little debt. There's times that there's an advantage to debt. Uh, but you got to know those. There's, there's assets. Uh, I like assets. You know, it's things that will make you money and don't cost you money. Yeah. And so you got to look at that. Um, no success in wealth. Is gonna, it's going to come. Just take your time. Don't any, anybody with improper thoughts or ideas into your brain. That's a big one. Is, is a lot of people want to lecture to you that haven't even been where you're at right now. And definitely, most likely, haven't been where you're going. And so you want to take and get people that have on the next platform ahead of you at minimal is I have always liked to talk with people in the trenches with me, people that were in the trenches, but now working on their business. And then people that have really become successful financially and what I call lifestyle wise, you know, that they've built a business that just doesn't require them to work their ass off. They've built a business where they can escape now and again, you know, and, and do it when they want. Um, and then smile and be happy. You know, it's so easy in today's society is that, you know, I, I we live in, an, in a pretty happy area, but we go down the hill. It's a lot of unhappiness and it may not seem that way to people. But when you live here and you go down to, you know, in the area I grew up in is that it's tense. There's a there's a tenseness that's just not here. Well, then when you go into other areas of the country, you realize even the tent, even where I live now, because we have a lot of, of, of people that recreate up here is there is a tenseness that used to not be here. Yep. You still got to smile and get your way through it. I still live in a beautiful spot and I've got to enjoy every moment of it. So with that is closing comments. We've talked about the, uh, all the upcoming events. Um, we do, uh, we're going to be at solution finish this Saturday. We do have a headlight course coming up down at Uber detail. Yep. Uh, it is next. We'll see a week from Thursday. Yeah. So, so what is that? The ninth, eighth? Yeah, somewhere right there. So it's coming up. So check that out online. And then, um, you know, we've got some exciting news for new events that we're going to be launching. And then, of course, SEMA is right around the corner. So, hey, right. uh, as always, thanks for uh, – we'd love to hear your comments on this, good or bad, uh, constructive or just support. We'd love to hear it. I already got a text that I love. Thanks, Sam. Uh, just glanced at it real quick. Um, so make sure to take and uh, make sure that to, to just smack the heck out of that like button. Make a comment below. You can email me direct at rennie at detailingsuccess.com 
Love to hear your comments. With that being said, stand by next week. We'll have another one for you. And uh, Chris, thank yeah. you. We get to go to work and then get you home at a reasonable time so you can beat the uh, madness of traffic. <laughs> you know, you could follow everybody else's lead and just get into the express lane because there's oh, only just, one person in the car anyway. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, especially <laughs> once you get out to the IE. The, the other thing I could start doing is just making my own lane. A lot of people do that. Yeah, you could too. do that. Yeah, a lot of people are just going yeah. down the median. So, yeah. you know, they're important. They're important. So maybe I'll do that. My car's little. It fits. Yeah, there you go. Hey, guys, have a wonderful rest of the week. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Yep. See you next time. See you guys.